need you is combos. We gon' show you how the world goes. AG's combos. We gon' show you how the world goes. AG's combos. We gon' show you how the world goes. Take a look at the world we living in. It's falling apart. Uh -huh. Put the glass muscle and guns, but don't show hard. Uh -huh. Time to spark a conversation. Let that be a lesson. time what's up everybody welcome back to ag's convos it's me ag in the gb entertainment studio with another links not chains episode got ken over in the uh, engineering room there we got a very very special episode got some special guests on the mic today wanted to uh, first introduce myself for those who don't know my name is ag i am the host of ag's convos and you are now guests in the live studio audience version of the episode another links not chains episode and this is the first ever success table of links not chains in av so a round of applause if anybody wanted to do that there we go there we go we actually got people in the studio i appreciate that i appreciate that you know this is a uh this is a little different format for us this is a special event where uh we're excited to honor some individuals who represent the av program uh personally and uh, literally, if you will, I um, I had the opportunity to speak with Alonzo and he wanted to put this event together for individuals like himself who are uh, involved in the justice system. But this group represents individuals that have come out and made quite the contribution to our community. So we wanted to recognize a few individuals for their uh, their part in that process. Uh, we're going to be talking to several justice involved individuals, individuals who have uh, left the prison system, have become a part of the community, have become a part of the business world, uh, but still continue to give back both to that community and to this one, the, uh, the, the justice community as well as the public community. Uh, so first, I'm going to just lay this out a little bit. What we're going to do is we're going to honor six individuals, uh, five present, and we're going to uh, give them a minute to introduce themselves, let us know how they play a role in this process and uh, what they're doing in their respective communities at this point. Uh, we have a few guests in addition to that who are also just as involved in their past, but uh, still contributing to the, uh, the bigger picture. And we want to make sure we thank you all for your participation as well. Uh, we do have a few members of our organization present that we'll, uh, we'll probably hear from later on. Everybody knows Janice and Shalana with Links Not Chains. We also have uh, representation for Avi through Alicia, who we heard from a couple of weeks ago, and even the uh, parents of Alonzo Quinney himself. So again, I want to thank you all for being present as well. Uh, what I'd like to do first off is... Uh, tell you a little bit about Links Not Chains. Uh, you guys have heard about it, but you haven't really been a part of it. So uh, essentially, Links Not Chains is an organization. And, and what we strive to do is to kind of redefine what the chain is. We've always identified it as this, uh, this binding, restricting 
construct that's meant to hold people in place or to to restrict movement or to force people into a a form of oppression, if you will. Uh, but I see it as something that works through interconnectivity. It's it's links of a chain, parts and pieces working together to strengthen the an overall force. And I like to think that with organizations like the ones represented here and people like the ones represented here, we are going to actually work together to uh, strengthen the community. So that's what makes Links Not Change a little bit different. Uh, you guys are familiar with AV. Uh, AV is a voice slash vocation from inside. That is Alonzo's baby. Um, it is a program that he facilitates within the Grafton Correctional Facility. And uh, instead of Speaking to Avi, I'll let Alonzo do that himself. He had an introduction that he wanted to put together for the listening audience. So, Ken, if you don't mind, can you play that for us? To my fellow Avi alumni, distinguished guests, and those listeners who are tuned in to this broadcast, good day to you all and welcome. My name is Alonzo Queenie. I am the creator and facilitator of AV workshops in the community and here at Graphic Correctional Institution where I currently reside. I volunteer my creative services to the Links Not Change nonprofit organization as a way of giving back to the community. My outreach efforts have been enabled by Links Not Change and countless other community-based services throughout Ohio. Services like the Culture Center LLC out of Maple, Just In Time Jobs and LTJ Realty out of Youngstown, Books for Bruises out of Ohio, Bondage Breakers out of Akron, Professional Life Purpose Academy out of Cleveland, Stepper International out of Lorraine, and the Glory Foundation out of Beachwood. And I can't forget about Golden Cypress out of Cleveland. That's just to name a few. I created AV workshops to provide incarcerated individuals like myself with an opportunity, an opportunity to have a voice, a greater awareness of self and self-governance. AV workshops are many. For example, the AV scope, Stop, Consider, Opportunities presented every day. AV's expressions of love, this program was created to keep handcuffs off of our youth, and we replace those with bracelets, and we promote literacy through books. AV for Life is an agricultural program created for the youth to start growing things in the community. AV's Family Reunification Day promotes children of incarcerated parents and returning citizens and their families. Uniting families is very important, and it's also one of the main principles of our program. The Avery Rentry Club, Conscious Lives United Beyond Barriers, is our new initiative. This process will take place one year inside of the institution and two years outside of the institution, making a full completion of three years. We consider that to be recidivism and the Avery Success Table. The Avery Success Table holds the belief that faith, family, and friends empowers returning citizens to live beyond the barriers that lead to recidivism. It is a platform for true change, what it looks like, and what it would take to get there. It is a goal that returning citizens can strive for and reach, a meaningful process that can only be accomplished by life and service in the community, proving that true remorse can only be shown through action. This is the first ever AV Success Table, a grassroots initiative where formerly justice-involved individuals are recognized for their walk in the community. Citizens who have taken having a second chance to heart and who are exceptional in word and deed. These men and women before you are few, but also who are among so many who deserve this opportunity to be acknowledged for the torch that they carry every day. Men and women who take public safety serious, who give back, 
and who have taken community service to the next level. These citizens have served time in exile, received community sanctions, and were still able to find a way to continue the work of redemption. These formerly justice involved individuals have become assets to the community and work in the field of prevention. This work cannot be done alone. It takes aid from both sides of the fence. It must be holistic in nature, man, body, and soul, a community effort that allows men and women a chance to help renew and strengthen our communities. It is my hope that by this time next year, the AB success table will be trending and recognized globally. And the certificates and pictures that we take in memory today will end up being like the Oscars or even the Grammys. Where formerly justice involved individuals are recipients of financial donations for nonprofit organizations in which they belong. By their own actions, giving back to the community that they once harmed will lower the recidivism rate and provide much needed support in youth prevention programs, which helps build up the community, placing public safety as priority number one. And that should be rewarded, y'all, making it hard but fair to sit at this table, proving that reentry should and can be modernized and that AV is the future platform for true change. The people that you will hear from today are goodwill and advocates for successful transitions. The reason that the AV success table should be incentivized is to ensure that success is and will always be gained through application and not by entitlement. Our motto is, it starts with a helping hand. And we believe that action speaks louder than words. It requires both help from ODRC and APA Outreach and community support is key for all returning citizens because both communities, inside and out, must have jurisdictional permission. People like Annette Chambers-Smith, the ODRC director, and the program provided by ODRC, I wouldn't have this opportunity. People like OMAS, Recovery Service, the educational departments that ODRC provide gave me that mindset. Without them, my family, my mother and my father, my friends, my wife, things will not be possible. So I'm very grateful to you all. So if you're listening and you believe in second chances, then please support us. Support this mission, our mission for new beginnings and add your voice to the future. I dedicate this celebration of life to my uncle Clarence J. Holmes, who believes in me who passed away 12-23-21 from COVID complications at the age of 64. He was never vaccinated. And to all those who lost their lives to this pandemic, I say. Martin Luther King once said, <laughs> the time is always right to do what is right. AV is the future of reentry, and the future is now. So with that being said, I welcome you all to the amazing grace of the first ever AV success table. Please enjoy. There's Alonzo. Oh, oh. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, very well said. Well he said. he, uh, he took his time putting grace. that together. Absolutely. That's, that's what's up. And he's a lofty guy. He said he wants this to be the Oscars in a year. So uh, we're, we're, that's a visionary. That, absolutely. Got vision. We're on step one. We're on step one. So, you know, mm. the premise of this, you know, I, I'm... Uh, 
I'm a Tupac fan. Anybody know me know I'm a Tupac fan. And I see his mama back there raising her hand because she know. But, um, you know, Tupac, as we all know, was a very prolific individual. He was very intelligent. He was just as involved. He, he, he understood both sides of this coin. He understood where we are coming from and where we're trying to go. And uh, he actually had a poem that he put out. I'm sure a lot of you have heard it, The Rose That Grew From Concrete. And that's kind of the premise that I wanted to base this conversation on. Now, for technical reasons, I'm going to go ahead and play this just to make sure everybody know verbatim what I'm referring to. So let me let that play real quick uh, because I think it speaks directly into the message of this episode. why the rose that grew from the concrete had damaged petals. On the contrary, we would all celebrate its tenacity. We would all love its will to reach the sun. Well, we are the roses. This is the concrete. These are my damaged petals. Don't ask me why. Ask me how. That's a hard guy to compete with on the microphone. But I, uh, I love that piece. And, you know, I consider the many justice-involved individuals in Northeast Ohio and Cuyahoga County to be the roses of Cleveland. You know what I mean? We've, we've, a lot of us has gone through a lot of different things that have definitely bent our petals and maybe stubbed our thorns, but um, we continue to grow. As he says, still I rise. You know, that's another one of his prolific tracks. And that, uh, that particular track has very special meaning to me in my home. Um, I won't get into why because that'll take up too much time. But, you know, I consider you guys to be the roses um, that have gone through, grown through the concrete that is um, our society. And I, I, I'm appreciative of the opportunity to speak to you in this platform and to give you a chance to speak to the listening audience. So um, I, I wanted to recognize everybody that's helped Alonzo get to this point. You know, he's been in that institution for almost 26 years. And uh, he's still in there. And what he's doing on behalf of this organization, he's doing from the inside. So it's a very, very unique peer-to-peer -peer scenario that you don't see a lot. There's a lot of inmate reentry programs, but the peer-to-peer -peer piece is pretty rare. So uh, we, we appreciate him for his contribution to that and to you guys for helping him through that process and being a part of this one. So what I'd like to do is just introduce you guys, um, alphabetical order, that way we don't have to know, no favoritism issues, right? Um, but first up, we have Mr. Damian Calvert. I will um, give you a second, sir. I would like for you to basically introduce yourself to the listening audience, and uh, i got a couple questions for you when you're done. If you don't mind, if you could just tell us, you know, how much time did you spend in the inside, and more importantly, how long have you been out, and what you've done with that time, and uh, we'll take it from there. Well, well, I'm Damian Calvert. I did 18 and a half years, but if you ask me, I'll say 20 because I round up. Um, listening to the introduction that the brother Alonzo laid out, I, um, 
first just have to acknowledge him in the creation of this space and to uh, pay homage to the souls that's in the space right now because there's a lot of history um, in here. Even with some of your um, folks that's on your team mm -hmm. who I was in college with, you know, when I first came home from prison mm. in 011. And, you know, acknowledge uh, um, brothers like Seti who is an OG in the space who has been working in this space for a long time, and I remember being inspired when I see him come into grafting mm. in that mink coat. <laughs> Stylish. You know, absolutely, and acknowledge uh, my colleague and comrade, um, Bernard, twin, you know, who um, I did time with mm. and saw his evolution. And, you know, I have to also acknowledge... Um, my brother here, I can't wait for him to get up and tell his story, Lewis. Absolutely. You know, who I met, you know, and that's how I met Alonzo, mm -hmm. through him. So the degree of separation is very small, one degree. And lastly, you know, James, you know, who um, I met um, through Mansfield Frazier, who was a dear friend, mentor, and confidant of mine who passed away, rest in heaven. So there's, mm -hmm. a, there's a history, and the other workers in the space, like LaRon Douglas, um, and his team. So there's a there, there, there's a history in this space. So it dawned upon me when I was listening to the brother speak, and it like sobered me up like real mm. quick, and just made me kind of get serious in terms of um, recognizing the reverence of this space. Absolutely. With that said, um, I had learned while incarcerated that our futures are determined by who and what we choose to honor. Mm. And at that time, I, um, in my quest for self-discovery, I read a book by Naeem Akbar called Community of Self and um, Know Thyself. Mm -hmm. And in one of his books, he talked about education coming from the Latin root educar, to bring forth that which is in you. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was trying to find me in there. And so um, I began just hanging question marks on everything, like, who am I? I wasn't talking about my theory of self. I'm like, like who am I really? And then this other question came, if I uh, asked the question, who am I, I had to answer the question, how did I come to be? And that set me on a journey that um, acquainted me to how I was shaped. Mm. The circumstances, the events, the happenings that shaped me, that forged me, that weaponized me, that traumatized me, that sired my thinking patterns, that caused the outcomes from the choices I made. And in that education, that bringing forth that which is in me, it forced me on a journey to like, in that examination of how I came to be, I also had to look at context. Mm -hmm. And that's when I began to really understand mass incarceration and see so many brothers locked up. Mm. We are majority minority, but we make the majority of the prisons. Right. So I had developed this habit of hanging question marks on everything. Why is this? Why is that? And that sired uh, 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 um, a quest in me to learn. And one of my friends and mentors, Fred Ward, who at a very vulnerable time in my bit when I had just started doing time and I was in Mansfield and he was an OG and I seen him put down some demonstrations and I wanted to be on that team. Mm. You know, I wanted to be a soldier. And I asked him, like, man, put me down. 
I said, I ain't from Cleveland, I'm from Macron, but you know, we had the same area code once upon a time. What's right. up? Right. And instead of him putting me on a descriptive script, he gave me a book called The Social Contract by Jean-Jacques Rasul. Hmm. And I didn't understand it. And I needed a dictionary. And I had to keep looking up words like autocrat, autocrat, plutarch, hierarchy, bourgeoisie. I couldn't spell that word, let alone pronounce it. Hmm. And the book, it wasn't a real revelation. I hated reading it. I just read it out of respect. But mm. what the book did was work me up to my own illiteracy. And it gave me a complex about being dumb. Mm, and so incredible. with that that complex of being dumb and that urge to want to be in the know, that put that put me in that mode of hanging question marks. Mm. And so what ended up happening was as I began to discover like who I am and how I come to be, and I'm learning aspects of myself through the challenges, through the fights, through a couple stabbing cases I caught in prison, through my experience in Lucasville, uh, mm -hmm. 13 months stint in a hole, stayed down there four years. Mm -hmm. Those extreme circumstances forced me into a different way of thinking. And in that, I had remembered um, like crying out to the Most High in every name I ever heard. God, Elohim, El Shaddai, <laughs> um, Allah, Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, just hoping one of those names would stick. Mm. And a new process was birthed, and it was slow. Of course. But ultimately, that quest of hanging question marks on everything, learning different strengths and weaknesses through these extreme challenges, mm -hmm. uh, that continued search to read, um, it all led me to a point in Grafton Correctional Institution around 2002 where finally I came into a more fuller understanding of how I came to be and right. how the 18-year-old me took life. Mm. And when I came into that understanding and the trauma, the trauma of growing up a certain way like so many of us, the trauma in how we respond to extreme circumstances, right. the trauma of having took life and have to carry that um, on your soul and that need for healing, the right. individual healing. That, the full glory of that overstanding came into being in around 2002 in Grafton where finally, for the first time in my life, I was able to circle back to the 18-year-old me that took life and um, with empathy and understanding, re-embraced that 18-year-old me. Hmm. And forgive the 18-year-old. And in that, that's when the healing took place. Gotcha. So, well, I, I, I've, I read your bio, and I can hear a lot of that in your, in your story. And I noticed that um, in your time after your uh, sentencing and, and fulfilling that, you spent a lot of time focusing on education. Yes. You, you've, you've educated yourself quite a bit in that space. And, you know, one of the things that I think we have to be mindful of is how education plays a role in the reduction of re-offending in the recidivism topic. Um, I'm, I'm happy to announce that there's a few things that we're working on right now. Um, there's a few partnerships, actually, that we're working on right now that are going to play a role in that, especially in Cleveland and in the greater sense. And I know you have a very strong presence within the city now. Yeah. Um, you want to speak to your title? Yes. I'm an um, outreach supervisor okay. um, in community relations for the city of Cleveland. Um, 
I oversee the implementation of the violence interruption model for the city of Cleveland, okay. um, which is to save time. I don't, I'm not going to break it down, but sure. I've trans, I've uh, lateral from supervisor of that to now supervisor of the Fresh Start Reentry Program out of Community Relations, where we um, work with the Department of Youth Services, okay. and where the outreach team is matched as mentors to young men and women transitioning from youth facilities from a period okay. of incarceration. Beautiful. Well, in light of that, and in light of your partnership with the city, I actually have a special guest that I want to bring on this uh, conversation. Let me get him on the line. Hello, Bishop. Yes, sir. How are you today? I'm doing great. Very good. Hey, I want to welcome you to a uh, episode of AG's Convos. You are live with a uh, a host of honorary individuals that have uh, definitely transcended the life uh, that we know um, by bringing into account a history of incarceration, but a vision of uh, of uplifting the community and and a strong focus on education. Um, and I know that's one of the things you do. So I would like for you to introduce yourself, if you don't mind. Okay, I'll be glad to do that. Hi, everybody. My name is Bishop McDuffie. I'm the president and CEO of the Lorenberg Institute in Lorenberg, North Carolina, founded in 1904. And Lorenberg is one of, is the oldest and one of the very last African-American resident boarding schools still alive since integration in the United States. Absolutely. And we are honored to have you, sir. Thank you for coming on. Yes, sir. Well, one of the things we were talking about was how uh, how to utilize the educational component of development, not only for people who are in or have come out of the prison system, but I wanted to talk a little bit about how we utilize it for the sake of prevention, how we keep kids from going into that institution. And I know that you are working on a few alliances here in Northeast Ohio and was wondering if you'd like to speak to that and how we might be able to help with this cause. Yes. Um, first, we think quite often what causes citizens to get into criminal matters is economics. Absolutely. So if you can survive, make money, provide for your family, not many people just wake up, you know, when they're born and say, oh, I'm going to grow up and become involved in criminality. Hmm. It kind of um, gets guided to. Sure. Uh, one of our great graduates is a boy named Earl the Goat Manigoat. If you ever saw the movie Rebound, the Earl Manigoat story, you would see that he was both seduced and guided into utilizing drugs, and then that led him into committing crime. Mm -hmm. So what we are trying to do is to help our people recreate neighborhood schools that will allow them to be educated. But we require also that you secure a certificate and a skill set. Mm -hmm. And that can range from um, writing apps to brick masonry. I mean, it's just... You know, it's limitless what it can be. Sure. But if you get a high school diploma, but you still don't have a skill, then you just have a diploma. Right. Now, the diploma is the first step to go to other academic development. Mm -hmm. But you need the skill set to feed your family. Right. Now, 
we hope to do and can do is that we, in conjunction with other programs, can provide the opportunity for a person to get a high school diploma. Right. You're, you're aged out. You can't go to public school, but we are private school, so we can still work with you on that. Right. Um, and and are a conduit, and quite often they're helpful. But a diploma is the magical lantern that opens jobs with the U.S. Post Office, with the the military. I mean, there are all types of components that you need a high school diploma to get to. Right. Well, we uh, we appreciate having you on, and I was I was happy to announce that you are looking to partner with Links Not Change to get some of this programming available. Again, not only to the uh, justice-involved individuals, but even their family, friends, their uh, their children, their significant others. You know, this is a community of people that are struggling with some of the issues that lead to incarceration. And we want to make it a point to not leave anybody out of that process. So I'm happy to announce that you've, uh, you've made that commitment to us. And through your association with the Howard Mims facility and the Cleveland State University, uh, we'll be talking more in detail uh, very shortly about how that will look for these participants. And Arthur, I want to commend you for developing Links Not Chains because I think it speaks volumes of the reality of human development. Uh, that this whole concept that our people need to be chained up is really from a fear relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, links is how all people acquire opportunities. It's not unique to any people. It's unique for all human beings. So I just want to commend you for doing that. Hey, I appreciate that. We will be in touch very, very soon, Bishop. Thank you very much for coming on. Okay, take care. You too, sir. Thank you. Let's go Tar Heels. (laughs) (laughs) You you in Buckeye country. Come on, man. (laughs) All right, you take care, sir. So that is something that I'm pretty excited about. But uh, in the spirit of time, I wanted to first say thank you, Mr. Damian Calvert, for everything you do. This is a, uh, a certificate of our recognition for your participation in this process, and we are absolutely looking forward to having you uh, move forward with us. Uh, thank you. No problem. Thank you. Next up, Mr. Robert Mitchell. We, uh, we definitely got a trooper in this one. He's got a busted leg. He's in the wheelchair, but lo and behold, he's in the studio. So once again, sir, I definitely appreciate you coming in. I appreciate being here, and um, I'm honored to be here. And we're honored to have you. That's why you're here. So uh, same situation, you know, if you want to tell us a little bit, uh, you know, again, the the amount of time you spent in the facility and how long you've been out and what you've been able to do since. I believe altogether I spent almost 10 to 12 years. I have five um, institution numbers. Mm. So I didn't get it the first time, so I had to go back (laughs) a couple more times. Okay. But... um, uh, we've been out now for almost 15 years. Um, I'm grateful for that. I'm also, to be real honest with you, I have to keep in mind that um, oh, I don't, you know, I don't really know how to say it, but I had to go. You know, that was just a part of what um, had to take place. And like um, he stated, I, I, I received um, my... Um, High school diploma while I was in prison. I started yeah. college while I was in prison. Awesome. Um, 
right now we have, if we get one, we have one more math class, and we have our associates of arts degree. Oh, awesome. From um, community college, Kyle Community College. But the other thing, too, it gave me the opportunity to um, search out some things, just as um, my friend yeah, just mean, stated, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. to help me to get to know me. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things I come to find out um, while I was in prison was that um, I had a self-destructive attitude. I had uh, um, my thinking and my behavior was self-destructive. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I'm grateful for that. You know, I had to go. You yeah. know what I mean? I just had, I had to be a part of that um, um that process, that rehabilitation yes, process. That yeah. process of being rehabilitated. And, you know, I read in the scriptures that the father had placed a land of refuge for the children of Israel, mm. a place where uh, some of the children of Israel, when they would get in trouble, they had a place to go where that, when that court case or whatever had to take place, sure. they had a, a land of refuge where they could run to and get the things that they need, and then once everything was taken care of, they can come back in to the community and mm-hmm. be a part of the community if um, they um, did their crime. And, you know, like myself, um, I did the crime. Um, the Father put in my heart and my mind to do the time. Mm. Um, but I remember when I first went in, my first number i had a burning desire to get back at the people that put me there yeah not realizing that it was me All right, that, that put, put me there. there yeah and once the father revealed that to me i was able to see that um it wasn't nobody's fault but my own mm. and um but again i had to go four more times mm. and i share with the guys and alonzo Cause I go in, we go into Grafton under recovery services okay. and talk about addiction, right? And um, the dynamics of addiction, and what it does to an individual, and how it affects not only the individual but the family as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but is uh, looking back over it, you know, that was I needed to learn all that. And I share with the guys, the first time might have been a mistake. The second second time could have been an accident. Sure. But the third time, I did it on purpose. <laughs> That's all you. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I know what it requires. I know what it stands for. And I can see the things um, that prison life brings. Sure. And if I continue to keep going there, then these are the things that um, take place while we're in prison. But I'm just grateful to be... Um, Free from that. Sure. Yeah, man. It was because it definitely was a bondage, not only physical, but the mental and the spiritual and emotional bondage that was um, taking place in my life. Right. And how prison was, through rehabilitation, helped me to come out of that. Sure. Sure. Well, again, we are very grateful to have you here. And I'm I'm glad you brought up the uh, the drug element. I know that's a big part of what you are part of now with Omadop and uh, the the drug prevention and, you know, the drug addiction treatment process. Uh, We know that that's a big part of the I guess the communal temptations. Right. That's that's part of what 
leads a lot of people down that wrong pathway. Just the exposure to the drugs, uh, the the enticement of the drug as a as a form of income. Yes. You know, we we see it. That's that's the the communities we grew up in. Um, I think the idea of rehabilitation kind of gets a bad rap. You know, we think yeah. of it as a prison, but to your point, it can be. A sanctuary. It yes. can be a safe haven to a better state of mind. Yes. Um, how does Umadop, uh, if you could quickly, how does Umadop um, help in that process? Well, um, I would say that um, because we're able to um, go into the prison mm -hmm. and to share that um, they can relate a lot better from a guy that's been in prison and sure. now he's on the other side clean. Right. And um, continues to want to be clean, continues to not only be clean from drugs, but also clean from behavior or mannerisms that continue to take us back into the prison setting. Right. Uh, that's beautifully said. I, I think of drugs as a toxic environment. And you, when you take that toxic environment and you absorb it into your person, then it creates another toxic environment. Mm -hmm. So uh, again, I commend you guys for doing your part to help alleviate that for not only the uh, the people inside the prison system, but anybody that comes out of there and wants that help. So again, like uh, Mr. Damien Calvert, I wanted to recognize you for your contribution to our community, uh, from your community to ours. Uh, we have a, a certificate of recognition there for you. Right. We appreciate you uh, Thank you, making, sir. That, making that sacrifice on our behalf. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Who we got next? We got next Mr. Seti Richardson, the man, the man of the hour. Really? Your name has come up a few times. The man, the myth, the legend. The legend. <laughs> How you doing? Very good. How about you, Mr. Richardson? I'm good. I'm good. Again, Seti Richardson, you're a, you're a man with. Uh, with a with quite the uh, story to tell, from what I understand, I read your bio and I, uh, I I was enthralled. It was it was like reading a book, and it was only one page, but there was a lot of story there. So I'm gonna let you tell it. If you want to give us a quick minute to uh, tell us your history within the uh, justice system, and uh, if you could let me know how you might have uh, got out of there and what you've done since. Well. I came home in 1994 after doing 17 years. 17. Yeah, and my experiences was at Lucasville, Marion, Grafton, um, various other little places as you travel back and forth. Sure. But uh, those things are so far behind me right now. Other, the only thing that's not behind me is the men that are in the institutions. Awesome. You know, and uh, so I move on from there. Absolutely. I like to fast forward if I can. You know? Sure. Yeah, um, coming home after the time that I did inside the institutions, which for me, honestly, was some good times I had in the penitentiary. I graduated from college. I was one of five individuals that tried to simmer the, the beast into some penitentiaries by working with the brothers and also working with the administration that was trying to do damage to us. Mm -hmm. And uh, coming home, the only thought I had was that I, I left too many brothers behind, mm. you know, and uh, I wanted to go back in there and get them as best I possibly could. Mm. I sat down one day as I tried to find some employment. A friend of mine told me to go down to this Umadot building on 79th off Superior. Mm -hmm. And I went down there and immediately, you know, they hired me that particular same day. Uh, little did they know I didn't have no way to get there, but I found a way to get there because— <laughs> 
I was, uh, you know, just coming home from the institutions. Sure. Uh, you know, the, 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 the brothers that are still locked up in the penitentiary as we speak right now, mm-hmm. it actually saddens me every single day. I've started up several programs. I'm the founder of Circle for Reentry Ohio that has been replicated in 11 cities in the state of Ohio. Wow. Um, now the founder of Reentry Alumni Association, working with the men and families and the sisters that are returning back home into the communities to try to help calm some of the issues that's taking place out here in the communities, is which is we all know is a devastation at this particular point in time. Sure. So I'm, you know, I, I don't look at, you know, I appreciate the, the topic, the, but when I hear success, success table, I don't think that I have succeeded in anything at this particular point in time because. You know, we got our young folks out in the community killing themselves every single day. And mm-hmm. myself and groups of brothers and sisters, we out there every day doing events, asking people to stop killing, asking young brothers and to get their family members involved. Um, for the past two years, I've had a radio show. Uh, that's it's, it was It's about educating those individuals out here who have gotten high using drugs, overdosing, Dealing with uh, uh, the um, the fentanyl that's going into their system, oh, yeah. so you know we work every single day trying to get as many people as we can trained. I lead that that uh, that effort. Hmm. Um, you know, I'm presently working with the court. Uh, Judge Russo had more recently sat down with me, and I've been knowing her for twenty some plus years, and she gave me her program Rise that goes into the institutions mm-hmm. in Grafton. So I'll have an opportunity to go in there and and meet with Alonzo and all them other brothers inside the joint that's trying to make a difference there mm-hmm. in order to help brothers out here. Absolutely. Yeah, um, and and I and I and I know that these brothers here that's standing around in here now with me are are well prepared to go back into the institution and bring a ray of light, some hope to every single brother and sister that's inside the the institutions. And we've we've come to understand how difficult it is to make a difference. Yes. But, you know, we're up for the challenge. I don't think that there's anything that we've been given by Almighty God that's going to prevent us from doing anything the right way. I love it. You know, I love it. And, and you know, that's 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 exactly what I want Links Not Change to represent. You know, I want it to represent an alternative, Yes. you know, to what. The system, what society has led us to believe our options were after being in that process. But one of the things that kept coming up. Let me share up, something with you. Oh, sure. You know, in the minds of men and women who are now coming home, I think that as much as they want to help, they don't know how. Right. And uh, we have pockets of organizations throughout the state of Ohio that are attempting to collaborate with one another and, mm-hmm. and, and make a difference. You know, I'm, I, I can almost believe or want to say that the Department of Rehabilitation and Corrections in 1998 gave me $1.8 million. Mm-hmm. I hired all formerly incarcerated men and women. I had, by the grace of God, was able to have all of them trained. 
Awesome. You know, have all of them certified to do the work because along the way, as Damien and all of us know, there are hiccups or barriers that individuals, you don't, you haven't completed college, you haven't got any certifications, you haven't graduated, you know, things of that nature always comes up as a as a bridge that we have to continue to get over. Sure. Well, one of the things that I created, and, I'm, and I thank God that it happened was that if you never has been in a jail and been locked up in, or in prison, don't fill out my application because I'm not hiring you. Mm. That was just that simple because with the dollars that was given, there was room enough to get certain individuals put in executive positions within the organizational structure. Sure. And as long as we continue to build back black, mm-hmm. we'll be, we'll be a better, we'll be better off. So I, I just wanted to throw that in. Well, I'm glad you did because I think it speaks to where I was headed, which was, you know, like I was saying in your bio, the word prevention kept coming up, kept yes. coming up. And that's that's ultimately what I want Links Not Chains to represent. I want it to represent an alternative to prison time. And I believe that almost like the old Scare Straight TV show, it kind of takes people on the inside being a part of that prevention method to really wake some of these folks up to the real threats of what's going on in there. So I I think about, you know, what your organization is about and what I foresee mine being about, and I see a lot of opportunity for us to collaborate. So I wanted to, uh, to bring that up because I am looking to the future, and it sounds like you are too. We know that the crux of the problem is already out here on the streets. Like you said, these kids that just don't, they don't see the risk factors that they're subjecting themselves to all the time. Did you hear? This, did you hear the, your, your previous speaker when he was talking about the addiction process? Absolutely. And you, please, by all means, keep in mind, prevention is ultimate. But you also have to deal with relapse prevention. Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's that 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 mental game there has everyone going to the same curve. You know, mm-hmm. it has to be relapse, whether it was drug addiction, robbery rape, whatever it was, we have to try as best we possibly can to pull in those individuals that need additional assistance so that these things don't recreate themselves. Absolutely. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, not at all. I, I, I appreciate that. And actually, once again, I've got a, uh, a special guest that I want to bring into this call because, you know, this issue is bigger than Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And this issue is bigger than race. It's bigger than any classification you can put on an individual. And I really believe that um, it's through that process of outreach that we will find better solutions. Um, Well, actually, I have uh, another guest, but I'm not going to reach out to him right now because he just mentioned that something's going on. Uh, But we do have alliances with organizations that are bigger than our own. Mm -hmm. And uh, I am excited to you know, to be a part of a process that's much bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. And I believe that everybody in here represents just that, something much bigger than me, something much bigger than what I'm trying to do. So I'm humbled by all of your participation. I wanted to give you your certificate, certificate excuse me, of recognition for your role in this process. Say thank you for everything that you brought to the table. Oh, I appreciate it. No very, problem very at all. No problem at all. Appreciate it very much. We do appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. Now, we we have a couple more people I just wanted to speak to, Um, and one of which is Mr. Bernard Kroon. If I can get you up here, sir, I would love to uh, get you on the mic for a second. So, Mr. Bernard Kroon, unlike uh, some of the other individuals we've uh, talked to today, um, you and our next guest, you know, you represent the transition, 
you know, you, you, you haven't spent as much time on this side of the fence as some of these guys have, but uh, you've already started the process of making a difference. Yes, and we sure. believe that's extremely significant to see guys coming out with the right state of mind because it very much helps you stay out. Right. Um, so I wanted to give you a minute to introduce yourself. And I really want to get an idea again. You know, if you want to speak to your time inside, I mean, I think it makes a difference when guys know oh, I was in for six months. Now, these, these are people that actually spent some time. They learned the ropes in that institution. So if you could speak to that a little bit and what you're doing now that you've been out. Well, first and foremost, I'm, I'm humbled to be uh, with you today, as well as the other distinguished guests. And I'm honored because I didn't know if I was coming home. I, I just served 788,400,000 seconds, 13,140,000 minutes, 219,000 hours, 9,125 days, 1,300 weeks, 300 months straight in prison, which is 25 years. Mm. I've only been home 36 months. I came home 2018, July 16th. And honestly speaking, I, I was favored hmm. because while in prison, I, I had the opportunity to always look at my glasses half full and not half empty, hmm. despite how many sips I took out that glass. Sure. And I'm, I'm telling you, I took some sips. Hmm. I was down to tricklets of water. But with men like Seti and Biggs and Dame and other mentor and men who were making a difference, not only within the prison setting, but in our community. Sure. But Kweezy and Fumi had a vision, president and CEO of the NAACP in 2000, of reacting the NAACP prison project. And fortunately, I had became the first president in the nation. So that allowed me to focus on my reentry initiative. Sure. And I, I tell the men over and over again as I go into prisons and universities, the focal point of your incarceration should be your initial reentry. And believe you me, it's easier said than done, quite naturally, because myself, I was serving a life bit, and, mm. and God saw different. I surrounded myself around administrative figures, offenders, ex-offenders, to continue to guide me towards that plight of, of my reentry. Mm -hmm. I, in turn, along with some other profound young men who are still incarcerated, who are formerly incarcerated, we, we assisted. We assisted everybody that we could. Sure. Uh, fortunately, Q was my, my bunkie. Okay. You know, Queenie was my bunkie for many years. I used to try to drill in him. Man, change is the price for progress. Oh, Great line. That's you know. I've heard him say that, and I know where he got it from. All right, Alonzo, you I can't have all the credit. All over and over again, and he calls me periodically, and I've seen a change in him. Absolutely, because I've seen in other men, because you get tired. Yeah, you know the prison setting, it promotes you to be antisocial, because mm. we coming from a social world, sure. and when you commit a crime, society deems you as being antisocial. So they house you in prisons, institutions. In jails that promote your antisocialism. 
Sure. So when you continue a social behavior in an abnormal situation, you become ostracized. Mm-hmm. So that's why some men choose not to try to get their GED, choose not to try to be the men, choose not to reveal the masses from themselves and be who God had really truly ordained them to be mm-hmm. because of the fear factor right. of being ostracized and criticized. I was going to get my GED, going to get uh, I stayed on the dean's list. Twin, what is wrong with you? You, you the police? That's where that's how they that's were the dressing, huh? and they're trying to do a social thing in an abnormal situation. Right. So I was just fortunate enough to have men and women and administrative figures, like I said, those like Seti and Biggs and Damien to to collaborate with, because we thought outside of the box, and mm-hmm. it starts there. You know, a lot of men think that what they do in prison doesn't count, mm. but that's absurd. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it starts that you got the time to do what you need to do. If you don't have your GED, get it. If you don't know how to read or write, learn. You got the time to do such. Right. Because when you get home, Time's bills up. come one way. That's right. D-U-E. That's they right. They don't say twin. <laughs> I just know you did 25 years. Contact right. me when you get the money. Right. They don't do that. Right. It comes with a date behind that. And unfortunately, if you're not able to pay that or make some type of arrangements for that, right. there's consequences that you may not like. Man, I, I, I love the way you frame that, that sense of urgency. That but, sense of urgency has to be there, day and, one. And the thing about it with the Omadop, because I work for Omadop down in Mansfield, Ohio, under mm-hmm. the tutelage of Mr. Dennis Albert Baker. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reentry initiative piece is, is phenomenal. Uh, with the assistance of Mr. Richardson, Seafro, uh, uh, we work with ex-offenders. We go into prisons because we are the liaison. Right. You know, it, 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 it starts there, but... What about the family members? Exactly. You know, because we have to link. That's right. As you would say, we link. That's Not right. change, right? That's it's right. about linking. That's right. I love it. But if you, if you have an a, a infrastructure in the community, in your household, because so many people has accepted dysfunctional as the norm now. That's right. In all relationships, whether it be family, love life, friends, it's about, you know, hey, if you ain't getting high or doing this or ain't trying to get no money the wrong way, I ain't, you know, that's very dysfunctional thinking. That's right. So, and, and SETI has stressed that along with Damien, it's a mindset, and Rob mm. as well. It's a mindset. Right. You got to change your way of thinking. Absolutely. And then it goes into action. It, it becomes that now. And, and they take bigger pieces. You know, the uh, the other guest that I was going to try to get on, who's unfortunately not available in, at the moment, um, is a guy by the name of Cleophas Miller. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he is the uh, the president general of the UNIA, the United Negro Improvement Association. And uh, they are actually based out of Cleveland, Ohio, and they have taken a large interest in what we're doing and expanding it beyond Cuyahoga County, expanding it to every element of our society. Um, They have resources that will help us get the message out, and they have, you know, a lot of history. I mean, we're talking about an organization started in 1908. You know, this is something that goes by Marcus Garvey himself. Created Um, red and green and black flag. That's exactly it. Taking black folks back to Africa, if if they didn't know nothing more, they were better than what the world said that they were. That's exactly right. And and he's carried that mantle since 1988. Now it's it's unfortunate he's got a he's got a medical situation he has to deal with. Uh, so we're not able to get him on the phone in the moment. But he's already engaged. We've been we've been in touch. We've been working on programming for weeks on end at this point. And uh, you'll hear a lot more about that over the course of the next couple of weeks. But I'm hopeful that, you know, guys like yourself, guys that have, um, you know, recently 
re-engage themselves in this part of the process on this side of the fence. You know, you guys are really kind of the catalyst behind what we're trying to do with this organization. You are the proof in the pudding, if you will, that if you if you change your mindset before you get out, then there's a whole lot more you can do when you get out here. And that's why AV starts on the inside. That's why that three year process, it takes a whole year in our opinion to kind of get you prepped for this part of the, the equation. So I wanted to at least acknowledge you. Um, I know a lot of guys are, are um, I don't know, some people don't necessarily like awards, but I think recognition is important. Thank you so much, And I man. believe uh, you deserve If there's anything Umadab and Mansfield can do for this organization, please feel free to reach out to us. Oh, you, you, you can put it out there now. You're going to hear from me next yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> as long as there's no consistency on money. Water, <laughs> chips, and stuff, we got you. <laughs> Perfect. Thank Thanks you, again, man. and congratulations. Last but not least, Mr. Fields. If you don't mind. Oh, come on. Now, you're, uh, you're, you're a special element in this conversation. Uh, and I say that because of everyone that we've talked to so far, you are the most recently released, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you have already, you, you started the rehabilitation process before you got out. You started contributing before you got out. And you are actually one of the co-facilitators of AV with Alonzo Corny while he was in the prison. So, uh, while you were in the prison, excuse me. So... In addition to how you feel about what you do next, you're a big part of where we are right now as an organization, even Links Not Chains. Um, you are the other face of AV because I know you were there from, from day one. So I wanted to acknowledge you for that. I wanted to make sure everybody realized uh, why you were here. Absolutely. Feel free to clap for the men. Absolutely. But with that said, you know, you, you come out, you've, um, you've helped spread the AV word, if you will. Um, I understand you have another organization that you've already started, so I want to give you a minute to introduce yourself. Okay. My name is Lewis Fields. Uh, physically, I did 23 years in prison. I basically was out of prison about four and a half years before I left. And I've physically been out 100, about seven days. Mm -hmm. So why I say I physically got released after 23 years is... Inside, through the improvement of the mindset, like all the brothers that's went before me, and I just want to thank y'all, you know, for this opportunity. And I want to thank each and every one of y'all. I'd have heard of you, I never met you though. You're like a legend. Uh, Damien, before I met him, he was like a legend, you know, like I mm -hmm. blessed no twin, he a legend in there with what they did with the NWC, which y'all did in grafting. Um, Robert coming in, you know, keeping us focused, making us understand addiction and understand, you know, one day at a time, always slowing us down. Uh, you know, everybody got a gift. Hmm. And I was gifted to be mentored by all y'all through y'all influence. And that's something I had to understand is interconnectivity. We are all interlocked. It matters. If that young man ain't going to school with something going on and you see him on the street and you drive by and sell them kids, they don't know, they don't know what they're doing, it matters. Because sooner or later, it's going to affect you. That's right. Um, when I figured it out, what I figured out was Ignorance and fear are bedfellows. Hmm. The flip side of fear is not courage. It is knowledge and understanding. Hmm. It is awareness. I've been scared my whole life. What's unique about me is I'm not from a similar background. I'm from the suburbs. Mm -hmm. And I had my father in my life. It wasn't perfect. Uh, had, you know, the physical gifts and things that you would have. But I still find myself doing 15 years of life for murder. So what I had to look at is common denominators. 
the scriptures taught me system cycles and patterns. We under universal law. We all under the same law. You jump off a building, gravity gonna bring you down. Regardless of what you think in your mind, law is real. So I had to start looking at my life and the principles I was living it by. And literacy, being able to read, literacy is something different than reading words off a page. I was illiterate. I dropped out of school in eighth grade. Hmm. That's what landed me in prison. I was always afraid. Why was I always afraid? I grew up in trauma, uh, explosive violence. Mm-hmm. Like a sudden like this, I done seen tables flip. You know, family, cut each other. That's how we, you know, ended sessions. Uh, so putting trauma and literacy together and understanding that improvement of the mind and the interconnectivity, me being a citizen versus me being a separate island. Uh, when I start getting understanding of things that came through literacy. Because mm-hmm. if you don't understand something, you're always scared. Imagine this. When y'all told us to come in this room, the lights was on so we could see what we was coming into. That's so we right. all came into a foreign situation. We all had a context of why we were here. Right. You were a friendly face, the way it was set up. If we hit that front door and all the lights was off, oh, yeah. and you couldn't see nothing, who coming in here? Right. We actually get fear. Right. Why? Because we don't know what's going on. So now we got a lot of questions. That's why right. the lights ain't on? Who is this? Where they at? Who is Arthur? Where he at? <laughs> why you got to like, get a lot of questions? That comes right. from fear. These children out here got a lot of questions. They hair nappy, they got the tight clothes on, they doing what they doing, and we looking down on them. But they don't have the answers, they got a lot of questions. And if we stand up and we can fill them questions, fill them gaps, they human. Kids ain't no different than they was 100 years ago, 20 years ago, man. We just scared. Scared because we ignorant, we old and we ignorant. Right. So Books for Bruises, Learning Overcoming Violence Every Day is my program. It is a trauma literacy program. As far as I know, the only program like that I've ever heard of, mm-hmm. that through the improvement of literacy, we help overcome trauma, dealing with financial, education, and also interpersonal development. Because mm-hmm. uh, in your mind, you can only pull from what you got. That's right. When I got locked up in 19, I basically was at the age of an eight-year-old in my emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. in my social intelligence, something called executive functioning skill. I give anybody $10 to know what executive functioning skill is. Y'all might know in this room. So I take that back. <laughs> so we use these things every day. So imagine your brain. Your brain is not your mind. Right. Your mind is your experiences. It is the knowledge that you understand, not that you are aware of, but the knowledge that you understand. So if each chair in here represented sensitivity, represented your anger, represented your ability to have frustration tolerance, represented your ability to read, learn, understand, and process your logic, but the problem is, if you don't go through the proper channels of education in school, and you don't have a family or a tribe around you to cultivate that, your chairs is empty. It's like That's them right. two chairs empty. That's right. So when a dude come and say something I don't like, and really he didn't hurt my feelings, but I'm an 18-year-old grown man, but you didn't hurt my feelings, huh? Right. That chair empty, where I'm talking about empathy, sensitivity, all That's that, right. blown out the window. What I know is I got anger. And all my chairs filled up with anger. That's what aunt taught me, my daddy taught me. So guess what? We're about to get down. That's right. And that's why they responding like that. Their chairs is empty. You got to replace those chairs through education. That's and right. And that education ain't, and I got nothing against nobody who went to college. I ain't went to college. You tell what I taught. I understand concepts, processes, cycle systems, and patterns. That's what life, that's universal law. The technical side of it, I don't know, but I understand how it works. That's right. And specialized learning is important. You got to have specialized learning. It's one thing in all that Jeopardy stuff. You can answer all the questions. You can't make no money with that. <laughs> I can't right. eat with that. That's right. You got to rise, kill, and slay. 
So only that's only going to happen if I know how to do something. Robert know how to get up on that roof. He's going to make some money. <laughs> Oh, we, this we, brother we, understands systems like this brother understands he understands business administration. He breaking it down. Right. You know? Like twin. Twin when he got a CDL. You got to be able to do something. So all that algebra, who asked you to repeat some stuff you learned in algebra class? And I'm just going to be honest because I'm kind of radical. If you do a kid right, from 0 to 13, he learned everything he need to know. That's right. People in high school, something new. It's game to produce colleges because colleges are some of the biggest landowners. They say it's the Catholic Church's colleges. It's game. You didn't have high school before, like, the 1940s. There wasn't no such thing as that. A lot of the, the way we live it, I'm going too deep. I'm sorry. I'm, bad. <laughs> I'm Lewis Spears, man. Put the rules. I believe in education, real education. Real education. Real education. Absolutely. How you live life. How I'm going to survive. That's right. You got That's a kid right. who want to jump me in the game. Mama smoking. And at the same time, she turned me out to the game because she needed me to bring the money in the house. And yeah. the teacher telling me, did you do, did you do your homework? Right. I'm sorry, I stopped. Well, you know, so here's 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 the beauty of podcasting. You know, the the fact of the matter is, the FCC ain't paying no attention to us, so we can speak freely on these uh, these podcasts. But I do I do want to keep this one professional. I do want to keep it uh, moving in the right direction. But you know, just in listening to that presentation, you know, you're you're proof positive that what you guys, when I say you guys, you and Alonzo, what y'all are intending to do with AV. It's practical and it's successful. It just needs to be supported. And you were a huge, huge part of Alonzo's birth, rebirth in that institution. So as a personal friend of his, me and Alonzo have been friends since we were four or five years old. I'm very, very grateful for your contribution to his development and vice versa. I'm sure he was a part of yours. I really believe in what you guys have started in there. And it's nice to know that you're out here and you can help us bridge that gap. As we take control of AV, we need to know what the intentions were. Alonzo can only give us so much over the phone. We can't even do visitation right now. Mm -hmm. But you were physically there in its infancy. So I, I see you as being an intricate part of where we go next. So I wanted to give you the same uh, certificate of recognition for your contribution to that. Okay. We thank you kindly. Uh, Absolutely. Yes. I look Before forward I to go, it. I just want to say one thing about Ape and about Zoe. Mm-hmm. I know Zoe my whole, when we was down like 20 years. So I was letting Zoe grow up. We've been through the Time foolery, moving the packs, the LCs, the <laughs> trying to knock off all that, the stupidity. Right. You know, trying to be all you can be in prison. Uh, we linked back up in Grafton, mm-hmm. probably, I think it's okay, like eight years ago, maybe or so. So I can see the changes up. Zoe was fighting to become a better him. You know, to that's become right. that's why he say that in Navy, you know, become a better you or whatever. Um the problem was he didn't have specific understanding, like the brother was saying. You want to do good, but you don't know how to do good. Right. Because good is so far away. I used to think it was good people and bad people. Right. But it's according to knowledge. It's That's according right. to understanding. There's no such thing as a good person and bad. You can't throw nobody away. That's so right. what AV is is Zoe's voice. That's why it's a voice of vocation from inside. Zoe didn't have no voice. People that don't know a lot of stuff don't have a voice. So Avi is him breaking through that concrete like that rose with them bruised petals and saying, here I am. That's right. Here I am to reach out and help. Am I perfect? Do I know everything? No. But sometimes you got to jump off the cliff and you build your wings on the way down. You know, you that's go. got to be on the line. That's right. You, know, you got to sacrifice something. He used to wake me up three years. I'm just going to share this real quick for everybody. It's a lesson. Um, 2018, I went to the Pro Board. And I had paperwork. I'm talking about my bed was stacked. 
mm. the certificates, paperwork, paper, paper, paper. <laughs> I completed every program. I had letters. I had everything. Guy used to come by my rep, Ron Nash, <laughs> and he'd be like, what you doing? I'm like, I'm getting prepared, you know, for the pro board. And he say, you got a lot of paperwork. I say, you look good. You putting it in order? He said, yeah. He said, what you in jail for? And he would ask me this. I'd be like, I'm stupid. I'm like, for murder. You know that. I'm like, what do you think I'm a snitch? You know, my paperwork ain't right or something? What do, you, what do you think I'm lying about what I'm in jail for? And I got it. Mm-hmm. Dude named Dirty, a lot of y'all know. Mm-hmm. He the reason I understand the nature of the crime. Mm-hmm. What he was saying is paperwork ain't going to bring that man's life back. That's you got right. all this damn paper you bring it to the pro board, they want fruit. They want to see that you a better you. That's right. And that's what Zoe fighting for. Become that's a better right. man. And he doing it. This proof Absolutely. of this. Absolutely. It's the power of this fruit. That's right. This that's right. Here, he done got a whole studio full of people. He got his family here. He got his jail family here. That's right. This real fruit. Yeah. That's right. You know, this Zoe spirit right here in this room. You know, and I'm proud of him. You and me both, man. And, and, you know, the whole idea that somehow being behind bars means you can't reach out and touch somebody. This is proof positive. Yeah. That is null and void. So, absolutely. again, man, I, I absolutely embrace you and I, I appreciate your contribution to what we're doing. And that is the end of our uh, presentations. I want to get my... Uh, my right hand in the links not chains effort in here, Miss Shalana Davis, who I'm um, I'm excited to have on the team because she understands education. She is a teacher. You guys heard from her a couple weeks ago. Um, she knows what we're trying to do. She knows why we're trying to do it. She knew everybody in this room before, probably before Alonzo did, which means her com- community activism is still strong and it, it doesn't lose any uh, traction. So what do you think about what you heard so far, Shalana? You know, it's really phenomenal. Um, we talked about this last week as far as wrapping ourselves, wrapping our support around people who are being released. Um, but I feel like they wrapped themselves around us Absolutely. today. You know, the lessons that we learned, um, it just, it's really remarkable unbelievable i'm really so grateful to be a part of this um man childhood friends college friends previously (laughs) previous work relationships all unfold into this particular day and you we know it's divine because of it Uh, absolutely so i just feel really really grateful we couldn't have forecasted this no 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 we could not have forecasted this Absolutely not. But it's working. And, you know, when I think about what we're trying to do with Links Not Change and some of the direction we need to go in, I think everybody in this room represents another pathway to a different kind of solution. You guys all bring different experiences to the table. And, And I think about the future of this organization and how we get beyond the prison community and we get beyond the justice-involved individuals. There are other communities that need just as much help. And, and I'm happy to have Mr. James Walker here. He's from the uh, Lutheran Metropolitan Ministry. He uh, he has a representation with the homeless population, and he has a, a phenomenal program that he's put into place um, to help that community, uh, you know, build and, and succeed. And, and I believe that's a big part of what we're trying to do is help disassociated communities building succeed by networking with one another. Uh, we've got Lorraine out there with uh, Renounce Denounce, the drug intervention program, or excuse me, gang intervention program. Uh, we're, we're utilizing these relationships to look beyond the people that we have represented today and try to 
keep that population as low as possible. So, you know, you guys have given us a lot of content today. I'm, I'm so happy for my listeners because there are stories that have been told today and, and eloquent uh, reflections of a life that a lot of us don't really participate in that um, I, I think people need to see. They need to see it from the source, that peer-to-peer Part of the uh, process is huge. That experience speaks for itself. And uh, for anybody who didn't believe in what we were trying to do, hopefully you do now. But if you don't, then watch out because we're coming anyway. Um, thank you all. Thank you all for coming. Thank you all for participating. So I just want to thank you all for being transparent and expressing what y'all experienced when y'all were incarcerated. And um, me, I'm the result of a man going to prison and leaving his family. Now, I love my father, respect my father. He did 25 years. Um, he still has that 16-year-old mindset where it's like, I want to get abs and put rims on my car and, you know, do what I feel like doing and I didn't get a chance to do, pretty much. And, um... Just being able to hear y'all articulate how y'all felt um, so eloquently and be able to be honest about where you are today and what got you there and the transitions that you had to make and renewing your mindset and mind state, I appreciate it because my father didn't take advantage of the opportunity, but I believe he still had the chance Mm -hmm. if he takes the chance. But, you know, he's free. He's out here. He's doing his thing but since he's been out we haven't been able to produce any fruit outside of me being able to introduce him to his grandson Mm. other than that it's sad to say but i wouldn't want to leave my son with him Mm. alone so i've been wanting to talk to my father you know i've been through some traumatic experiences you know been molested as a kid stuff like that that he wasn't able to connect with me on it was like, he talked to me like I'm his boy, not his son. So, you know, I appreciate y'all, you know, because it gives me hope in regards to him being able to develop. So. Hey, I, I don't know if we picked that up on the mic, and if we didn't, so be it. Oh, we did. Look at Boos with the, with the thumbs up. I appreciate that, and I appreciate that testimony because, again, you, you didn't even know what you were coming in here for. He had no idea. He's a, just so y'all know, that's the videographer. So when y'all watching this video, y'all can thank this man for he what y'all see. He walked in on faith. He walked in on a crutch. He walked in on two crutches. He walked in with a broken leg. But, yeah, he made you feel good, right? I see the wheelchair coming in. I'm like, man, he ain't alone. <laughs> but I do appreciate you sharing that with us because I think it speaks. It reminds these guys that every little bit of effort they make is being picked up somewhere. And every time they get in a room like this, they can they can get that message to somebody. And this platform gets it out to a lot more people. So, it's, so this episode will air tomorrow. Uh, you guys will be able to download it, listen to it, maybe even see photos and video of it. Who knows? I don't know how fast that'll come back, but uh, it'll be available. We got websites, we got everything. We just need participation. That We need that more than anything. We need to uh, we need to get folks involved. We need to get folks uh, to listen to the podcast. We need the the photos and the videos will be available on the GB Entertainment website. Just so you know, so that's gbentmedia.com. You can find AG's convos for those who are unfamiliar on every 
podcasting platform there is, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it. Uh, we're, we're going to make this as visible as humanly possible. And we're going to make sure that um, via social media, via relationships you have with the individuals in this room, you're able to get to this content. So again, uh, congratulations to everybody that was honored. Congratulations to everybody in the other room that has uh, experienced what we've done today and participated in their own way in the development of our community. Um, this is a long path. This is a long road, but we're starting it right here, right now. And I appreciate your participation. This is AG's Convos, and we out. AG's Convos, we gon' show you how the world goes. AG's Convos, we gon' show you how the world goes.